Hello and welcome to This is Good for My Therapy. Today we'll be talking about Herbert Bomeister and his property, Fox Hollow Farms. Sylvie and Sarah will be uh, joining us shortly. Oh, I'm excited. So um, we're going to start off with Herb Bomeister and then we'll move on to the hauntings at Fox Hollow, Har- Fox Hollow Farms. Okay, Fox so Hollow Farms. sounds great. Um, her bi- her Bowmeister is a um, serial killer from Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. He was um, born the oldest of four children, and he exhibited antisocial behavior, like playing with dead animals and urinating on a teacher's desk. He also apparently urinated on a supervisor's desk at a job. He he liked to urinate on things, apparently. I mean, that's a choice. Um, Why is that? Okay. (laughs) Everyone's got a thing, Sarah. (laughs) Okay, I feel like this guy had a couple of things. I mean, one of them might have been peeing on people. Anyway, carry on. Uh, He was dying. Never peed on someone's desk in anger. Have you? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I maintain, it's not that weird of a thing to do. <laughs> like, if you were really, really mad. Oh, uh, I think I, uh, no, I, that's like way down the list for me. But I, maybe I'm more creative. See, but it, from, from what I hey, understand. I'm My revenge plots are like intricate, detailed, and like long running. And none of them involve urination on anything that I know of thus far. So maybe peeing on things is a little bit weird, Sylvie. I'm just saying. Whatever. <laughs> well, what's this? Oh, my God. Well, what's weird is that um, her brother... You know what? It's, all, it's not weird that he's peeing. It is weird. The fact... Anyway, sorry, Nicole. I'm just... What go. is weird? So the fact that he wasn't peeing on them out of anger, it was more of like a joke thing. <laughs> if it was out of anger, Nicole could get behind it. Okay, Nicole I understand. He was mad. I'm just, I'm just saying, your your anger excuse doesn't fly with this one. He was doing it as a joke, so. I mean, okay, are there funnier jokes? <laughs> Probably. No, Sylvie, that's the funniest joke I have ever heard of. Oh, man. No, it's terrible. Okay, so he pees on shit. What else does he do? He ends up killing some people, so. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia um, at a young age, but didn't have any treatment for it. Um, He was known to have a really good work ethic, um, but he would exhibit uh, bizarre behavior. He was known as, like, the jokester at work, but sometimes what he considered jokes wouldn't be socially appropriate. (laughs) Like peeing on things. Yeah. It's it's too far, Herb. <laughs> There's the line, okay? Read the room, Herb. <laughs> Poor Herb. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Poor um, Nicole. So he went to um, Indiana University in 1965. He made one semester and then he dropped out. He tried going again in 1967. And then he went to Butler University in 1972. 
Um, I didn't find any information about whether or not he actually got any degrees. Okay. Um, he di- he drifted through jobs. Like I said, he had a strong work work ethic, but his bizarre behavior would would mean that he would end up leaving them fairly quickly. Um, he married his wife Julie Sater in 1971. They had three kids. Uh, Julie was noted for saying that she never saw Herb naked, and they only had sex six times in 25 years of marriage. <laughs> How do you have sex without seeing somebody naked? Keep the lights have off. Seen, um, have you seen The Handmaid's Tale? No. I have well, not. probably like it. It's really good. I think I would. I think I want to read it. But... It's got, what's her name in it? Yeah, I don't know what her name is, but Mad Men Lady. Yeah. yeah. Way too young and it really fucked with my head. I feel Unrelated. like a, a lot of books that we read as children were like, yeah, yeah, here, 10-year-old, read this. And our imagination. I think I was in junior high, but I was like, damn, the fuck? The what? What? Yeah, Yeah. well, you were in smart people junior high, I remember. But um, you were also, we went to the same junior high. Anyway, so, so how peed on people's desks? Pardon me, what did he say? I said, so Herb, he was peeing on people's desks. Not getting that that wasn't a cool thing to do. Didn't bone his wife. Never saw her naked. Or she never saw him naked. I'm just doing that recap. Yeah. Unhelpful like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in the 70s, he was committed to a psychiatric hospital. Um, His father committed him and his wife helped. Um, No treatment after that. But he did find uh, the Save-A-Lot thrift store chain in 1988. He founded a thrift a thrift store chain. Yep, called uh, Save a Lot. Save a lot. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just gotta name things what they are. Yep. In the early nineties, Marion County Sheriff's Department began investigating disappearances of gay men of similar height, weight, and age. In nineteen ninety two, a gentleman by the name of Tony Harris reports that a Brian Smart had killed a friend of his and tried to kill him during an erotic asphyxiation session at a pool ho- at a pool house with a pool hose. Um, what Herb liked to do is he liked to bring men to his home and he had a pool with mannequins, which is probably where, where Sylvie's like, aha! What do you mean where Sylvie's like, aha? What? Because well, last, last time you were like, oh, is he the guy with the pool? Oh. Yeah, no, 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 but he's the guy with the pool and the guys and then this weird suicide. Yep, and we'll talk about his suicide a little bit more in a bit here. Um, majority of the killings happened in the pool and he had mannequins with party outfits on all around. And when people asked him about it, he said, oh, I just don't like being alone. Even though he had a wife and three kids. <laughs> okay okay um so tony reports the um the the attempted murder to the police but um the police don't know who brian smart is so they start looking for brian smart in 1995 tony sees brian smart and notes um what car he goes into and what the license plate number is gives it to the police and this leads to her bowmeister now, the police are like, yo, can we search your place? And her Bowmeister is like, no, why do you want to search my place? They're like, well, we think you killed a bunch of people. And his wife's like, no, he didn't kill a bunch of people. That's odd. 
So they refused until Herb started um, acting more bizarre, bizarre enough where Julie was like, you know what, in 1996, I'm going to file for a divorce. And while Herb was on vacation with the kids, she's like, you know what, come on and search this search of the area of the of the house. So um, Fox Hollow Farms is about 18 acres. And the uh, property uh, has an 11,000 square foot Tudor style mansion on it. Wow. First of all, we know how big 18 square acres is now. That's 18 football fields. Boom. And (laughs) 11,000 square feet in a house. I hope they had like some help cleaning it because that would be awful. Yeah, I I can't imagine with the amount of uh, bedrooms and stuff. Bathrooms. Oh, the bathrooms would be the worst. And sorry, since you're talking about like the wife how they got to like his house and all that the police the guy who like escaped him like who like went to the police originally and said this guy killed my friend tony harris yeah wasn't there a thing about how like the police didn't know who brian smart was and this guy this tony harris guy saw him somewhere else like another point in time and followed him am i like no, I, I said that that was in 1995. He saw oh, him again, followed him, and, and got the license plate of the car. Okay, I clearly wasn't listening. Like, he saw him at, like, a grocery store and stopped him? Yeah, no. that's what she said. <clears throat> no, was that, like, a totally gay bar? He that. saw him again. It was like, hey, that's Brian Smart. I should follow him so I can get some identifying information. Followed him to his car, got the license plate, and gave that to the police. Cool, 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 cool. I've clearly missed you saying that. Sorry. <laughs> and then we got to the football fields and, and the gigantic the house. Yeah. And yeah. a giant house full of rooms and bathrooms and a creepy mannequin filled pool. And bodies. Oh, lots and lots of bodies. Um, about eleven remains were found when the when the police searched the property okay. and eight were identified. Um warrant went out for arrest for Herb, and Herb is like, well. I don't want to get arrested. So he runs off to Canada mm-hmm. and he ended up committing <clears throat> and he ended up committing suicide at Pinery Provincial Park in Ontario on Lake Huron. Um, he had about a four page um, suicide note that mentioned that he was committing suicide because his uh, marriage was falling apart and his businesses were failing. Nothing about the uh, murders at all. So he gave nobody any closure. Aww. Um. And apparently when he was found by people, they said that the gun wasn't found with him. And he had two seagulls that were pla- that were dead that were placed oddly around the body. Yeah, there's like but, a whole, isn't there like a whole, a whole stick about how like he, like a group of people who believe that he was like ritualistically murdered? Yeah. Yeah. And that there's this like back and forth debate on whether or not he could have actually shot himself because the the angle and the where the gun was found. Really? Yeah. Hi, cat. Yeah. Oh. So after um after committing suicide, uh, her bowmeister was posthumously um, linked to the I seventy strangler, and um another um. Nine, nine men. They they were thinking, yeah, nine men. 
um, who are strangled along the interstate um, 70 in between uh, Columbus, Ohio and Indianapolis in the mid 80s. Um, there are 12 men that are attributed to the I-70 strangler, but only nine were attributed to um, her posthumously. So um, I didn't say when I looked up the I-70 strangler, which ones um, were confirmed as, ho as her Bowmeister um, killings. There was one guy where they said that there was two people in the car that he was seen struggling to try and get out of. Um, <laughs> But uh, eyewitnesses identified him with Michael Riley, later found dead, strangled and deposited nude or semi-nude in a river. Majority of killings um, for Herb seemed to be um, asphyxiation, seemed to be his favorite mode of murder. <laughs> well, sorry. And again, I mean, he's not my favorite serial killer, so I don't know all the things about him. But the I seventy strangler wasn't there. Like, if I'm, 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 I'm trying to remember here, but there was also this whole question, if I remember correctly, about going back to his suicide and whether or not it was an actual suicide. Wasn't there also a question on whether or not he committed these crimes alone? Wasn't that part of it that they were like, he perhaps had an accomplice who did it. And they were like, people were tying together the fact that there were eyewitnesses and some of the I-70 strangling saying that there were two men in the car. Like that there were. Yeah, I, I, covered, I covered that. When? Am I blank blacking out? Yeah, she did say that there was an eyewitness that reported there were two men in the back of yeah. the car. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The eyewitness said that there were two and there are people who are linked. Like they, there was this question on whether or not all of his murders were committed alone if he had an accomplice throughout all of it and if that accomplice was actually the one who killed him Ooh, yeah and maybe was the one who loved him and left the seagulls as like a, I'm sorry you had to die goodbye have these birds yeah I don't know They're because dead. well I mean then that other guy gets away with all of the murders yeah and can go and have a clean slate to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, can, can continue killing, whatever. And yeah. uh, nobody knows who he is. That's crazy. Yeah, because there was a whole thing about whether or not that was an accomplice who did it. What do you think, yeah. Sylvie? Do you think there was an accomplice? Uh, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm going back because, again, this is not my favorite of the serial killers. Um, and by that, I just mean I haven't consumed nearly as much information about him as mm -hmm. some others. But I do remember upon hearing about, like, certain things that there was, like, an interesting, there was an interesting, I guess, argument made for mm -hmm. him possibly having an accomplice who did it. Um, I think because you did the research for this one do you think he had an accomplice or does it seem like it was just all him and he killed himself the information that i have um i think that the murders that were done on fox hollow farms were mostly him um because some of the haunting stuff seems to be which we'll talk about in further detail it seems to be like mostly him trying to keep tabs on his um on his own crimes and stuff like that. When it okay. comes to the I-70 Strangler, I'm not sure if he had an accomplice or not, just because there are some that are where it's attributed to the serial killer. But like I said, their witnesses 
say that there are two people in the car, but witnesses can be wrong too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, sure. like, if you think about dirt, certain times, uh, especially during the what what some might call the golden age of serial killers. Yeah, um, what, what you would call the golden age of serial killers. No, some people might call it a golden age of serial killers. There were definitely times when multiple killers were stalking this, like using the same, for lack of a better word, hunting grounds. And mm-hmm. they could overlap and meet each other, potentially if they're both gay men, both into asphyxiation. And oh man, could... what an awesome buddy comedy we're creating here. I, oh, such a dark and twisted one that people oh, might not find funny, but I mean... <laughs> No, that was too far, Sylvie, too far. It, that was um, the line, and then you peed on the desk. <laughs> I got on the desk and peed on it. I didn't read the social cues. Shit on the no. rug! <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious! Yeah. Um, oh, dear. People are gonna think it's great! Um, but, fuck off, Pippin. Um, but yeah, like it's not like it's been unknown to happen. So there is a chance that not all of the I seventy kills, like you know, serial killer victims, were actually him. There could have been more than one serial killer on that same route. Or it could have been. I mean, really, or- you you don't need to look further than like even here in Canada and look at the Highway of Tears. Like there, how many? I think now that they've had three different serial killers that they've caught using that particular roadway i don't know i have the book i haven't read it yet i'm going so to it's it. very depressing yeah it's terrible i'm excited it's to terrible read it. and that's the three that they've caught aren't even like a a huge percentage of them it's just like the people they killed four people and it's like yeah but there were 115 that yeah, we know of so many missing anyway yeah. mm-hmm. missing and unfortunately found uh, women along that stretch of road yeah. uh, and it was three or four that have been attributed to that same that same area so I mean I guess what I'm saying in a very long convoluted circle is that maybe he had an accomplice or maybe it was just another guy who was also killing people on the I-70 yeah. yeah, or or it could have been that that was just an isolated one time murderer too yeah, you know, or me. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's been like this one guy was like, "I'm," just, but no, I'm referring more to the you know someone seeing two people in a car. Well, the, well, that's what I mean is that the two people in a car one could have been a separate like one time murder. It does it doesn't necessarily say that it has to be related to the others. Mm. You know what I mean? Or he could like yeah, it could be one. But why are you tramping on the, you know, the multiple serial killers along the I seventy? <laughs> Well, I think there was definitely multiple killers along the I-70 at that time that used asphyxiation because at least, you know, for sure, only nine were attributed to him. So we know for sure there was another person. Well, but sometimes when they say not attributed is like, they can say... That's true, like, just they don't have enough to prove that it was. you know, 15 yeah. bodies found on this certain stretch of road. Nine of them they can reasonably assume because of evidence, right. witness testimony, sometimes killer confession that it was this person. But I 100% they- understand. I don't mean it. I took it back as soon as I said it. Silly. Okay. Take it back. 
Okay. Well, I forgot what our noise was supposed to be. You know what? That's irrelevant. That was for aliens. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, so continue on, Nicole. So now that we've, we've talked about bodies and some yeah. people on the side of a highway, he committed suicide and and ended up in a weird way with some seagulls. Yeah. So now that we've talked about her bullmeister, we're going to talk about Fox Hollow Farms. His home. Ooh. And this okay. is where the second of my favorite things comes into play. So, <laughs> in 1994, and I think that this is just a clue as to how messed up his home life was and how under his thumb Julie was, um, Eric Bomeister, which is one of his sons, found, finds a human skull on a stick, parades it around, and is like, hey, mom, what's this? So Julie goes to Herb and is like, Herb, why is there a human skull? And Eric showed me back, back behind the house. There's a bunch of bones. And her Bowmeister's like, oh, that's just anatomy um, samples from my dad because his father was a doctor. It's like, oh, I was, I didn't dispose of them properly. I'll get rid of those for you. And Julie's like, oh, yeah, I totally buy that. <clears throat> okay. Have you ever stopped to consider how messed up it would be to find out your parent was a serial killer? Yeah, or your spouse, or any family member, for that matter. Yeah, I guess really any person you're close with. It doesn't need to be a parent, man. That's got, but that's going to be particularly screwy on a child. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so bodies anyway. were were found and burnt and scattered with bone fragments everywhere. Um. So what happened was is that after the um her bullmeister killed himself an investor bought the property and renovated it so the inside was nothing like how it was when her bowmeister lived there okay. but oddly enough nobody wanted to buy the place so even though it was originally selling for 2.8 million mm -hmm. in 2006 it was purchased for nine nine hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars you're kidding no <laughs> wow um, and the current owners are Rob and Vicky Graves. And as far as I can tell, they still own um, most of the property, including the house to this day. But they've sold off some of it. Yes, they sold off some of it. And we'll talk um, about that property at the end. Okay. Okay. Um, so they purchased this in 2006. They got a tenant who lived in an apartment named Joe LeBlanc. And Joe had a dog named Fred. Fred. And Fred Fred is important in, in some of these stories, so that's why I mentioned him. Um, so it started with shadowy male figures seen on the farm, um, particularly one without legs wearing a red shirt that would walk off into the woods. Without okay. legs, walk without off. Legs. <laughs> yep. Um, so Vicky, because she had... No further explanation. Uh-huh! Well, that's, because that's how you would describe it, right? You'd be yeah. like, I know he didn't have legs, but it, he walked like the body did the bouncing walk. It wasn't like he floated into the woods, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. No legs, yeah. but he walked. So Vicky was um, <laughs> vacuuming up around the pool. And she was. I'm sorry, she was vacuuming by the pool? vacuuming by the pool her sons had tracked in a bunch of gravel into the 
into the pool. Uh, Vicky and Rob Graves have three sons. I don't even vacuum my house often. If she's vacuuming by her pool, oh my gosh, carry Which on. People. Right and. <laughs> And the vacuum kept stopping, and she looked, and the plug had been pulled out. So she's like, oh, I must have pulled on the vacuum cleaner and pulled, popped it out. So she puts it back in, and it happens again, but this time the plug is further out from the socket. And she's like, that's weird. I must have pulled it out again, maybe just with a little <clears throat> bit more force, I'll be more careful. Plugs it back in again. This time it flies out, and she sees it. No! Wow. So she watched it fly out of the wall. Yeah, she's like, it popped out. <laughs> and Did she okay. turn and run or like pee her pants? Or at that point, was she just like, fuck you, I need to vacuum. I don't understand. She peed on the desk, Sarah. <laughs> no, what? that was her. Oh. My, my understanding is she stopped vacuuming. Um, <laughs> like I, I would run away if that happened. I would probably pee where I was standing and run. I would go up to it and immediately, like I would, I would be like, "Do it again, <laughs> do it again." But you're antagonizing, so I'm not antagonistic. Uh, no, nope, I disagree. <laughs> what's, what's it called in the court when you objection <laughs> I, I have several examples where you are very antagonistic <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about all I'm saying is if I was vacuuming by my pool <laughs> and I would <laughs> be like um, you because like, do it if again. I was vacuuming by my pool and I saw the cord ripped from the wall by some invisible ent- entity, I'd be like, first of all, I'm trying to make this place look nice for you. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with this scenario? Like, I'm trying to clean this up. You want a dirty, gravelly pool? Come on. Right? Secondly, <laughs> I'd try to make I'd be like, do it again. Like, if you can move that why couldn't you pick up the gravel in the first place? <laughs> Can you not help me? God damn it. Can you not help me yet? Can't you see how I'm slaving to keep this pool area clean? I have 11,000 square feet to clean, motherfuckers. Do you know how many There's bathrooms so that many is? bathrooms to clean. Can't you help me out? So many bathrooms. But it probably depends on what ghost it is. Because, you know, I'm sure, like, you know, poor dead victim ghost might be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me help you okay. out. <laughs> but if it's her bullmeister, he's going to be like, I'm going to shit on your floor. Because mm. that's, I imagine, what he'd do. It oh would be God. an escalation, for sure. He's not going to pee anymore. No, no. He's going to have he's to like, take it I'm to number dead two. Now. I'm dead now. It's time to up the ante. <laughs> shit on your floor. Vacuum that up. Shit on the rug. Okay, Nicole. <laughs> so she witnessed this and stopped vacuuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> established the vacuuming ended. She's... What happened to the gravel? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I assumed it's still there. <laughs> to this day. To this day? He's never vacuumed again. They were like, fuck it. Nope, not going out by the pool. That's where they all died. The pool ghost likes gravel. I think there's probably several. <laughs> so, cool, cool, so, cool, cool, cool. 
the next ghost story. Sorry, Nicole. Yeah. So Joe has a dream when he initially moves into the apartment that he's oh, being chased. Right. Okay. Yeah. That he's so what? That he's being chased. Oh, I thought you said something like he ripped his face and. No. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that, that he was being chased that he needed to get out right now. And he ends up sleepwalking and sleep running, actually. He runs into the door frame and, and he does it so hard that he breaks a glass and cuts mm. his hand. Oh, no. And wow. That's, that's terrifying. Yep. Um, sleep running is a, is a worry that I didn't know I had. Right. But I suddenly am very concerned about what's going to happen if I start sleep running. Uh, death. <laughs> I saw you in your hallway, your description of trying to get your shoes on in the hallway, the splits, unintentional doing of the splits. <laughs> that wasn't, I slipped on a broom. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you think sleep running with your eyes closed. You're going to miss the brooms? Fine. I keep the, I keep the broom in the closet now after I slipped on it. Fair. I'll end up in the splits again. It was very painful. <laughs> well, to to be fair, when you're sleepwalking or sleep running, your eyes are actually open. You're I don't just, know if that would help me. You're just not. <laughs> you're just not there because you're dreaming. Yeah, I don't think that would help me. I think I would die. I think Sarah's right. So, but you know what? Maybe because sometimes I can, like, you know, I can usually tell when I'm in a dream. I'd probably just wake myself up. Yeah. You're like, all right. So anyway, I don't remember what that, what we were talking about. It was real fucking weird. We were talking about Joe who had his um, dream sleep running. Oh yeah. He was dream running, running, running to a door. And yeah, that's, I found the, I found the correlation. I yeah. saw where, I saw where I made the leap. Okay. Yeah. He ran into a door, cut his hand. Yep. So Joe hears, not, starts to hear knocking on the door just randomly um, at night when he's doing his stuff in the apartment. How do um, you want to do that? And he'd open the door and nobody would be there. So then he'd close it and then it would knock again. So he'd open up the door and nobody would be there. And he ended right. up like going to the house and being like, hey, are you guys needing me? And they're like, no, no. Or he'd go up to the house and the lights were off. Um, but one time he saw a person in his bedroom after a door knocking session and his dog Fred was growling at the corner of the room. So Joe also likes to walk because this is a fairly big property. So it has a fairly large and long driveway and he likes to walk Fred down the driveway. Okay. Um, gotcha. And while he's doing this, Vicky and Rob are asleep. Like, Vicky and Rob and the boys are asleep in the house. There's no lights on in the house. Fred goes off into the forest after seeing a man in red. Um, With no legs! But walking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Joe goes running after Fred because he's like, shit, that's my dog. I have to make sure my dog's okay. So he starts running um, to the to the forest, and he sees the man in red, like, right up next to him. Wow. So he panics, and he runs back to his apartment. The next day, the knocks on the door start again. But this time, nobody was Where there. Did he catch Fred? 
Yes, he got Fred. Okay. Just Fred is okay. Chance. Nobody I'm hurts really Fred. Sure. Nobody hurts the dog in these stories, okay? Yeah. Good. Fred is in a protective little bubble. Good, good. Okay. He's a good dog. I don't doggo. want to be eaten by a shapeshifter. No. Like the last dogs. No, nothing like that. Okay. 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 So, so Fred, what is- Fred ran back, knocking starts. Yeah, knocking started the next day. Okay, so this is the night after he sees the man in red, and he'd spoken to Vicky and Rob, and they're like, oh, Vicky says, is like, that sounds like the same guy in red that I saw. So, it, they're, they both are like, oh, there's something weird going on here. And then that evening, Knox start on the door at Joe's house again. And he, once again, he opens up the door and nobody's there. So he locks the door, and the doorknob is being physically twisted with nobody there. Then the door bursts open, like, hard enough where it leaves a dent in the wall. Holy paranormal activity, Batman. Yep. Nobody is there. He turns around, and he sees a man in white, covered in blood, running towards him. So this is out of his house. Okay? And they think that the man in white is a victim of herbs. What's the owl, Monty? That was, okay. But Herb like to asphyxiate people, so why would he be? So why is he bloody? Yeah. Well, there was also this apartment, and apparently stuff happened in the apartment as well. Um, there are some talk that stuff happened with knives there, but a lot of the people who ended up going to party in the apartment ended up living, versus people who um, ended up in the, the pool ended up dying. You might get stuck, but you'll. Where if you went to the pool, you'd get asphyxiated yeah but remember too we don't know all of the ways that he liked to kill just because he burnt all a lot of the bodies and a lot of the bone fragments were scattered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which okay. makes the which makes the uh how they died a little bit harder to piece together <laughs> okay okay so joe and fred decide to go for a walk in the woods um later on and they find a femur bone like a big ass bone in the corner of the woods where they saw the red, the guy in red. Okay. And the way uh, Joe describes it, it's like, it was like, was laid out for us to find. Yeah. Now I have differing um, sources that some say that it wasn't confirmed to be a human femur bone. Some say that it was confirmed to be a humor, uh, human femur bone by police. Either way, they called the police and like, Hey, there's a big ass bone here. Maybe you guys want to come and check it out. So they search the property again. Okay. And what they find that time? Um, I didn't find anything that said that they found anything that time. Okay. 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 Um, so Joe, once again, still living in this apartment, which, by the way, I'm going to count as a poor life choice at this point. Yeah. Um, I, at that point, at that point feels like poor life choice. Or, like, only life choice. Or maybe he just isn't so fussed with the ghost activity. He doesn't care so much. He's like, whatever. Knock on my door. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> Feed my dog your femur. I don't care. Right? <laughs> What's it? Well, marrow. <laughs> I'm a bone. <laughs> but this next one freaks me out. I mean, where, where I would be like, okay, maybe I should be looking into... 
Listen, other places to live. All of it freaks Listen, me out. I'm just think- saying Joe might be a little bit different than we are. Also, <laughs> I'd like to point out Sarah and I lived in a very haunted house for quite some time. <laughs> like, and there was some weird shit. You got locked that, out like, for if how many hours? We had ended up murdered in that house. And then people were telling the story of all the things that, like, apparently happened. Some smart ass would sit there going, sounds like that was a poor life choice. Like, there was some weird, you know what I mean? Yes, you should have moved out. We know. We know. We couldn't. But we didn't because we just dealt with it. We're like, oh, that was a weird thing. Don't go into the basement! Yeah, the basement, don't go in there alone. And always make sure somebody's at home when you go down there. Yeah. For, like, multiple reasons. One yes. of which is the whatever's down there, but like also because you will get locked in there and, because of whatever's down there. <laughs> yeah. So like, and that's not fun. And then sometimes you're in your pajamas trying to do your laundry, and you end up having to go outside the side door and sit on your front porch for in six November, hours in Edmonton. Somebody gets home. Yeah, yeah. Being like, I'm so cold. I'm wearing pajamas and I don't have shoes on. And then some lady across the street comes out of her little condo and clearly thinks something's very wrong. And she's like, are you okay? But only like five and a half hours later. Well, she was, she had just gotten home where she saw me when she drove past to get home. And then after she like made dinner or something and like looked out her window and I was still just sitting on the porch barefoot in November. Yep. (laughs) Was like, Perhaps I should offer this person help. You're right. Yes. Anyway. So what what happened to Joe next that we, we all think is crazy, but carry on. So Joe ends up having another night where um, he's working on the computer and him and Vicky were like um, searching up Joe's victim. Uh, sorry, not Joe's victims. Herb's victims. And they identified the um, the man in white as one of his victims because it looked like a picture that was identifiable. Wow. Um, so he's working on his computer and all of a sudden he hears a growl from Fred and then there's a little clink in his um, coming from his kitchen and he goes into his kitchen and all the knives are off his or out of his butcher block and lined up nice and neatly by the sink. Well, what? Yeah, well. That's not ideal. Yeah, the island had fresh cut marks in the wood, too. So he's like, well, I have a smartphone. Let's turn on our smartphone and record. And he asks if anybody's there and he hears nothing. Mm. But when he goes to play back the recording, he hears back the um, he hears back as an answer. The married one. None of Herb's victims were married. So it was Herb. Yeah. So. Jeremy, who's Joe's friend, thinks all of this is bullshit and has decided to come to the house to put the ghost rumors to to rest. So they're hanging out at the pool and um, they're diving down and they're picking up beetles off the bottom of the pool. And Joe feels something against his neck. And he thinks it's one of his friends, but he looks around and his friends are way over at the other side of the pool. So he's like, "Okay, that's weird. Yeah. So he swims back to the others and is pulled under, and the fingers are actually starting to choke him. Jeremy says that he sees Joe making the universal choking sign, so um, both hands at his neck. 
Joe manages to escape and everybody gets out of the pool. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in the pool. Now, apparently, starting in 2015, um, they started having ghost tours. Really? Of the place. Yeah, and they have ghost tours. Um, as I found it as late as 2018. I don't have any confirmed as to whether or not they're doing any in pandemic times. But um, they, Vicky and um, Rob were allowing ghost tours and they were having some fairly reliable um, activity. Uh, they were having shadowy male figures seen on the farm, um, footsteps being punched, kicked, pinched, um, and choked hmm. on at least one occasion, they were saying. Jeez. Now, apparently it isn't the entire property that's haunted because in 2019... Uh, Noah Heron, owner of Urban Vines and Winery and Brewery, bought eight acres of land off the property. And he's trying to sell uh, three acres, three acre plots, um, sorry, three one acre plots to make houses on. So you can have like a little acreage. (laughs) And apparently where he's bought the land, um, there hasn't been any um, reported activity. So it seems to be centered closer to the house than that one patch of woods where they found most of the bones with that creek and the pool very specifically if you're in the pool you're about to get fucked up yeah Yeah, like just just don't go into the pool also maybe don't own knives (laughs) like just just live off of takeouts yeah oh man okay so joe continued to live there up until now still as far as I know, I didn't. I don't have any dates as to when he moved out. Um, Vicky and Rob are still living there to this day. Um, the information that I could find just mentions um, Joe LeBlanc in passing, but it doesn't say anything about when he moved out or when he was done. So as far as I know, he's still there. Hmm. Hmm. That is either the bravest man in the world. Or the craziest. Or he makes money off of the tour somehow, or the store. Or he just legit doesn't believe in ghosts. So he's like, I don't know what's happening, but it's not that. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just some weird things. It's fine. Yeah, so. I'm living in a serial killer's kill shack, but it's fine. Yeah, and the um, the house was also on Ghost Adventures. That's uh, the one with Zach. Uh the guy with short black hair that um, hunts ghosts. And it was also on featured on a show called Paranormal Survivors on Sci-Fi Network as well. So they've also been televised. Um, I didn't come up um, with any movie deals or anything like that related to the hauntings or to her Bowmeister. Um, it, the only thing that I could find with them making uh, money out actively off of it was the ghost tours. Hmm. Very interesting. So how many people did they know her killed for sure? They found 11 bodies on the farm or nine? 11, 11 <clears throat> bodies on the farm. And, and nine they were attri- identified. Um, eight were identified. Oh, eight. Nine, nine of the I, I-70 Strangler um, murders were attributed to her Bowmeister. Right. But does that mean that they knew it was him or does that mean that they just stopped looking for the killer? Hard to say. They're like, you know what? Yeah, it was probably him. Uh, yeah, we'll just stop. Yeah. Post, 
posthumously they they attributed it to him um when i went on wikipedia when i tried to look more on the i-70 strangler i didn't find a whole lot i found some information on the victims hmm. um but it didn't tell me any evidence as to why they thought it was her bowmeister so interesting wasn't for lack of trying to find anything I well, I believe you. I just, of course, they're not going to have all the information together because they don't care about those stranglings. Yeah, there must be different things. So that's her bowmeister. That guy had sex in the dark with his wife, <laughs> had lots of gay sex, and killed a bunch of dudes. Yep, that's a, I'd like now, to pee on things. I'd like to pee on things. We can't forget that. And now, after either killing himself being ritualistically murdered or maybe lovingly murdered by an accomplice who decorated his grave, body. Yeah. his body with dead seagulls, um, haunts his former uh, kill shack. But also there's a walking legless dude. Well, I feel like red shirt guy for sure was a victim. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And then... Uh, I actually think maybe white shirt guy with the blood might be. Oh no, you said that they identified him as a victim too, right? Yeah, because they found yeah. his picture, right, as under one of her bullmeister's victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems weird for the blood thing, but who knows? I think just witnessing the freaking electrical cord being popped out in front of my face, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm moving now. This is good. That's fine." Again, you say that, Sarah, but in the same scenario. (laughs) I didn't ever witness anything popping out in front of me. Like, yeah, we got, there was, yeah, okay. There was, there was shit that happened, but not like. I watched the end of my bed be pressed down. Yeah, that's fair. It was horrifying, but cool. (laughs) <laughs> I think your reaction was to roll over and go back to sleep. Yes, it is not a cat. Okay, good night. <laughs> okay, so he's gonna go back sleeping now. Yes. yes, yes. I would like somebody to tell me crazy ghost stories about things. Like, I like hearing about the cord getting ripped out and the doors being opened and stuff. Those are fun. And seeing the legless bodies. That's neat. <laughs> That's neat. I do. I like that because I truly believe that those people see that shit because so yeah. many of them are like, I don't really believe in it, but that's what I saw. Like, I saw that. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude had no legs. But he was, was walking. But because he was walking. You can tell if somebody's floating, the head doesn't go up and down. It's just like, but if he's walking even with no legs you can see oh yeah (laughs) bob (laughs) yeah apparently there are still bone fragments still on the farm to this day well of course especially after his son found the bodies and then he's like oh i'll just make sure to dispose of those more carefully and then burned them and scattered them throughout the entire property yeah that still blows my mind that his wife was like Oh, yeah, I totally believe that story. That's completely plausible. I'm that like, she must plausible. have been very, very scared of him. Well, not just, I mean, I don't, I mean, she may have been very scared of him. 
but it also has a lot to do with you're willing to believe a lot of stories when you trust someone as well and you don't like, want to think and you don't want to think something bad whether it's because you trust them you love them or you're scared you don't want to believe something like because it's it's not going to be the first time you know a serial killer or like a, just a really you know sp- scary human who has tricked the people around them and to believing that the things that you think you're seeing aren't really the things you're seeing it's fine it's not gonna be the first time <laughs> yeah yeah At last that's for sure yeah don't worry grandma i know my house smells like rotting flesh it's not because i have a dead body in there that i'm eating and okay. every dommer <laughs> yeah, like it always comes back to cannibalism <laughs> for some reason with you sylvie oh yeah 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 but okay jeffrey i believe you okay jeff okay jeffrey you go you do you kiddo do 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 um yeah yeah i'm upset that he went and killed himself in fucking canada come on dude you had to drive up to canada to do it (laughs) Well, I don't know why the number of times there are people who are not necessarily always serial killers, just killers, or, you know, people who have committed some kind of crime, who seem to think they're like, you know, if we get out of the States, we'll be okay, and then run to Canada. Like, you know, that's not going to help you. <laughs> we have extradition laws. We have and, and, like, pretty solid ones. They catch you in Canada, they're going to be like, Bye! It's the same as being in America, except with, like, an additional Greyhound bus ride. And with that, we thank you for joining us as uh, we close the podcast. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about Denver Spider-Man. Thank you and have a wonderful day.